When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. As you all can see, we have a very special guest with us here today, J.P. Acosta, NFL writer over at SB Nation, Big Cat Country alum, FAU and Northwestern alum. Two of my siblings are down at FAU. Actually, one of them graduated last year. The other one's down there right now. But you do a ton of great work over at SB Nation. I followed all your work over the last few years. You know, Really happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. It's just, it's really cool kind of hearing like former Big Cat Country writer. It's like, man, that, <laughs> yeah, that's a big, that's a long list of guys who have come from there who are making big, big names in this uh, journalism industry. So it's really cool no doubt. among them. Yeah, pretty awesome. And uh, like I said, FAU, we've been down there several times for the um, different events that my siblings have had over the last few years. So very familiar with that as well. Tell me a little bit about getting from FAU to Chicago. How, how about that transition, Northwestern? So I had a feeling it was going to – I knew it was going to be cold. I knew going uh-huh. from South Florida to Chicago, it was going to be cold. I was kind of preparing for that, but I was not prepared for how cold it actually got. So where Northwestern's building is in Chicago, it's right on Lake Michigan. So it's not only cold, but you're also getting the wind chill from the lake, which makes it like 10 degrees colder. And I wasn't ready for that. I was, mm-hmm. so I just thought like, oh, it's just going to be regular cold. Like if I check the temperature, I shouldn't need to check the feels like, because it feels like it's going to be the same. No, that changes immediately. As soon as you hit like the middle of October, it gets extremely cold. But I love my time in Northwestern. I learned so much, met great people, met some of my closest friends there, and it Help me get to where I'm at now. No doubt about it. And you do great stuff over at SB Nation. Love the Establish the Fun column. That's on Fridays, right? Are you still doing that in the offseason? Um, not in the offseason. That's going to start back up when the football season starts. Cool. going to be doing a, a lot of cool college football, NFL stuff. So that'll, that'll get started back when uh, the regular season starts for college football and NFL football, of course. Yeah, that was, as its name suggests, a lot of fun this year. I thought you brought up a lot of just – Unique, different different ideas and topics that you don't see a lot of other places. Um, but certainly look forward to your coverage this year, NFL and college. And um, obviously, we got to talk about the Jaguars here. We are a Jaguars show here on Duval Daily. Lots been going on around the NFL. You've got Lamar Jackson stuff going on. Uh, you've got other quarterback movement as Aaron Rodgers going to 
to the Jets. Who knows? But down here in Jacksonville, it's been all Calvin Ridley, all Evan Ingram, free agency coming up, the NFL draft, all that fun stuff. Let's start with Calvin Ridley. That's the most topical thing, I think, to discuss here. What is your take on the whole Calvin Ridley situation, right? Like the reception in Jacksonville and nationally has been amazing. Team's content uh, has been fire on that. And you saw Calvin Ridley, of course, ink the letter to uh, to the game, you know, via the Players' Tribune. So what's your whole take on, on Calvin Ridley coming down to Duval? So first of all, um, just that piece that Calvin Ridley wrote was amazing, very emotional, very well-written, and just talking about the things that he went through and how everything kind of spiraled from off that injury, from off of being um, – practically being robbed and almost being, like, in the house when that happened. That was – really something that I didn't think about in terms of just how quickly everything can spiral. So it was really brave of him to write that down and say that because a lot of people aren't comfortable with putting that out anywhere. But when it comes to on the field, Calvin Ridley, I think he said in the Players' Tribune, he's aiming for 1,400 yards a year. That will put him at the second most in a single season in Jaguars history. And it's not that crazy to think that he can't do it especially with the way that the offense looked without a true number one receiving target. What Calvin Ridley is going to do is he is going to be the guy. I think early in the season, there was a lot of the Jaguars can't separate. They have no receivers who can create separation by themselves. I think to that, to an extent, that's still very true. I think Christian Kirk is much better in the slot than outside. Marvin Jones is getting a lot older. He's going to be a, he's a free agent as well. Zay Jones isn't the guy who's going to consistently create separation. Calvin Ridley is that guy. That is the guy who you want creating separation in the intermediate areas of the field where the Jaguars happen to target the most. You know, it's a lot different from offenses like the Eagles, who are, I guess, if you want to compare it to like a modern NBA offense where it's all threes or layups, it's either deep shots or quick screens, RBOs. The Jaguars are DeMar DeRozan. They are hitting the mid-range jumpers, post fadeaways, the, the tough intermediate throws over the middle. That is that is where the Jaguars offense thrives. That's where Trevor Lawrence thrives. And getting a guy like Calvin Ridley, who can operate in those middle of the field areas really well, in those intermediate areas really well, and uses amazing ability to create separation, this offense should explode in 2023. This offense should be really good, especially considering they're bringing Evan Ingram back as well to provide more of that speed element. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. I mean, the offense – it exploded down the stretch last year and the defense did too, to a certain extent, of course, but uh, to add that element, like you said, Calvin Ridley, who can dominate like the deep mid range, right? The digs, the outs, the, uh, you know, the, the, the posts, all that stuff. I think he can do all that stuff. He can do the deep stuff. Well, too. I mean, in 2020, I guess on a broken foot, he was like the best deep receiver in the game. Matt Ryan is strangely one of the better deep passers in the game, even though he doesn't have the best arm, strongest arm. And and Calvin Ridley with his, I mean, he's a three-level threat. Like you can get him the ball at any level of the field. He's going to create attention. He's going to generate attention. Uh, I think when you add him to this offense, you've now got Trevor, who attracts a lot of attention, obviously. Travis Etienne, who attracts a lot of attention. Calvin Ridley, who attracts a lot of attention, those three big guys. And then you have to pay attention to Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram too. Like it's kind of crazy, like how defenses are going to be uh, just put in a bind, trying to figure out where are we going this week? What are we doing this week to try to stop this football team? 
And the thing, the crazy thing about Evan Ingram was teams were game playing to try and stop Evan Ingram because of the way that Doug Peterson used him in the offense. Instead of running, like he's fast. We all know he's fast. But instead of running him straight down the field, it's more across, getting him running away from guys horizontally where he can use him in the catch and run department. That's where I think you're going to get guys like Evan Ingram. You're going to get Christian Kirk available in the catch and run department more because now Calvin Ridley will be able to do the tough stuff, will be able to create those easy kind of first down, second down. He'll create those consistent targets. He will be able to open everything else up for everybody else. And this offense, late down the stretch, we saw what they want to become, which is a brutally efficient offense. They're not going to be the most explosive but they're going to be brutally efficient. They're going to get you six, seven yards a pop. That's what they aim for. And adding Calvin Ridley to that is going to make them even more efficient. Yeah, I think he will. And I think he'll maybe open up the deep passing game a little bit more as well. Because uh, I do think you you when you have Trevor Lawrence and you have these guys who can be technicians and you have Doug Peterson obviously dialing up the plays, you can develop into this offense that's ultra efficient and can really just um, have these methodical drives down the field. But you add Travis Etienne into that mix, which they had him last year, and he's a big play threat. Calvin Ridley, I think that you could see some more big plays, and you should see some more big plays in Duval for sure. But talking more specifically about Evan Ingram, what did you make of them placing the franchise tag on him instead of working out a long-term deal? And obviously the long-term deal is not off the table, but as of right now, entering free agency, it looks like they're going to have that $11 million cap hit for Evan Ingram. So you knew going into the offseason, they wanted to prioritize re-signing their guys. And the first thing I thought when I saw the Evan Ingram franchise tag was they're going to try and use that money to keep Jawan around. I think that's what they're hoping for. They're trying to save up enough money to keep Jawan Taylor around to give him the long-term extension and keep Ingram on the franchise tag. I'm not really sure if that's going to happen. I think Jawan Taylor is going to command like 18 million a year on the open market. You don't find a lot of pass protecting right tackles that hit the open market very often. Jawan Taylor should command a lot of money, but with Evan Ingram, I knew they were going to try and keep him around. There was apps. There was no way he was leaving Jacksonville. I think People like kind of poo-poo the tweets and saying like, oh, the players want to keep him around. Like all the tweets like, hey, we want you around. Like people see that and be like, oh, like, yeah, this just players tweeting. No, they actually wanted to keep him around. He was a high priority for that offense. And you can see it on the field. Evan Ingram is a high priority for that offense. He is it's it's weird to say that he is the vertical burner for this offense, considering he's a tight end, but he is their speed. He's mm -hmm. one of their most explosive players, and you can't lose that. And getting him on the franchise tag, which is around $11 million, which isn't bad at all, considering where every other position is at, especially skill position for a franchise tag, that's a great deal to keep Evan Ingram around. I think they're going to try and sign him long-term, but it all depends on what happens with Jawan Taylor. Yeah, and looking at what they have right now in terms of available cap space and the other needs they have on the roster and the fact that Walker little is kind of waiting in the wings. It's looking like it's going to be tough for Jawan to return, even though the guy's got a Jaguar inked on his body. I don't know if he's gonna be playing in Duval in 2023. Uh, it's just kind of wild to, to, to think about what we were talking about Jawan Taylor last year at this time to where he is now. 
And I think a lot of that goes, you know, got to credit him for taking that step. You got to credit Doug Peterson for getting him in an offense that makes sense. Phil Rauscher for helping coach him up within the offensive lines uh, scheme. It's been a, it's been an unbelievable year for him. And you're right. He's about to get paid. Even if he comes in under 18 million, like 15, 16 million, I'm just not sure how that's going to make sense for the Jaguars when they have other areas that they need to be more concerned with, in my opinion. Talk about the nickel cornerback spot and the cornerback depth in general. You don't have anything behind Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. You've got edge rushers, right? You love you love Josh and and um, and you want Trevon to develop, but what do you have behind them at edge rush? So I, I'm, I'm really curious how it's going to play out. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting offseason in terms of keeping their guys because again Arden Key is also a free agent that's another guy they might want to keep around you know you're going to look at this team and be like okay where we have this quarterback on a rookie deal that's that's fine we we know what we can do now let's try and max out and give him everything possible to try and make the run right now because if you look at the division the vision isn't very great this is the this might be the window this is the time where you can go all in and it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially roster building this offseason. Like you said, with Jawan and Walker Little, I think uh, John Shipley said that Doug Pearson said that Walker could play guard, which I thought was interesting just in the whole grand scheme of things. He kind of just dropped that, like, hey, Walker can play guard too. So mm-hmm. it might be leading to, hey, if we can keep Jawan around, Walker could slide in at left guard, and then the offensive line is set. But I you think just go all defense in the draft. You go, you go all defense, or you try and beef up the offense a little bit more. Um, but even still, looking at that, looking at this team, they're young. You know where they need to improve. It's a little scary because when you look at this team, like okay, the improvement needs to come from the young guys developing. You get a little more pieces around them, especially defensively. You get the young guys to improve some more and you might be like have something like serious that's a little scary but at the same time optimistic so you're not having to break the bank every year to go sign an impact free agent yeah absolutely and speaking of taking that next step trevor took a step that no one really i mean there was some expectation for him to take a big step but the way he was playing by the end of the season i don't think anybody expected that in year two after how you know, deplorable the handling of Trevor Lawrence was in year one just goes to show you how talented and hardworking Trevor is. And obviously the offense he's in with Doug Peterson, but speaking of other players kind of taking that leap forward, do you expect Trayvon Walker number one overall pick in 2022? Do you expect a leap forward for him in 2023? Yeah, I think this was his first full year of playing on the edge and he did a lot of different things that he didn't necessarily do at Georgia. At Georgia, he was like basically a five or a four eye playing inside all the time. Now he's purely on the edge, and that's going to take some growing pains. We knew that coming in. We knew that about his this player. He was going to need a little bit of time when it came to pass rushing. But I ultimately have faith in Brenton Buckner. He is an amazing defensive line coach by all means. And what they were able to do with term, in terms of scheming Trevon Walker up to get pressures to where he's crashing in and like crushing guards and freeing up everybody else. That's what I want to see. The strip sack against Josh Dobbs in week 18, that that was caused because of Trevon Walker's pressure crashing on the inside. That's what you want. Like that's what 
Mike Caldwell, that's what this defense wants to be. He comes from Tampa Bay. They're going to send a lot of exotic blitzes and pressures. They're going to get a lot of guys crashing in. Trevon's going to be moved around a lot. But you really want you want to see the development. So I think that's going to happen this year. But, of course, like his development and then Devin Lloyd is going to be huge for what this defense wants to look like. Yeah, no doubt about it. Devin Lloyd. And they both, it's funny, they both got off to strong starts uh, during their rookie years. You know, the first few games, they both, I mean, Trayvon Walker looked like an all-world player in his first game of his career against Washington. He was incredible. Um, Devin Lloyd, same thing. For the first four weeks of the season, sure, they weren't always where they were supposed to be, but they were making so many splash plays, and it looked like scheme or teams just kind of started attacking them and not allowing them to make those types of plays because they're putting them in different positions and attacking them in different ways. I feel like a full off season for Devin Lloyd and Trevon Walker and even for Chad Muma uh, and Luke Fortner as well, another starter. I think full off seasons for those guys where they didn't have to just go through the entire draft process is going to be huge. And especially not just them going into year two, but them going into year two under Doug Peterson. Like I think that part of it is so critical. The the development part is so critical upon the coaching staff. And I think Jacksonville finally has a coaching staff where you can look at players and expect them to take real leaps forward from year to year. And the biggest thing with Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma is it's really hard playing linebacker in the NFL right now. Their offense is designed to specifically take advantage of their eyes and make them wrong all the time. We hear it all the time with the Shanahan offense, where it's like they're they're trying to pry open that middle of the field area. The linebackers are there. It's their job. So linebacker is really hard to play right now. I think Devin Lloyd, I think a lot of it came from he just didn't trust what he was seeing, which happens a lot for rookies. I mean, yeah. You're, you're getting thrown into a blender against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. That's going to happen. So another year, another offseason of going back through a film and seeing like, okay, here's what I can do a little better. Here's where I went wrong. That's ultimately going to help him as a better player. Am I expecting this super breakout year? Like, no, you can't really, you can't really like say like, oh, this guy's going to be a breakout guy. But you're expecting a little bit better play going into next season. Yeah, if you could replicate the turnovers that he forced. I think you'd take that all day and just add a little bit of consistency to that. And now you're cooking with, with uh grease there. Trayvon Walker. Do you want to see his hand in the dirt more? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I think where I stand is you can have him with his hand in the dirt on like third down pass situations, get every pass rusher on the field. That's cool. But with the way that this defense is built to be played, he is an edge defender. You can, he can put his hand in the dirt if he wants, but if he's going to drop into coverage on first down because of a blitz call, being down with your hand in the dirt that doesn't necessarily that doesn't work. Sense. That doesn't work. No. So I think it'd be cool to see his hand in the dirt more in obvious passing situations. But with the way the defense is structurally built, he has to be a stand-up edge guy on early downs. And even yeah. then, he was playing really well in, in run defense as a stand-up edge. He is oh, really yeah. good at that. But I think the pass rush obviously is what's gonna be that's that's what brings the money to the table. So he's got to be a little better on the early downs as a stand-up edge pass rusher. But if you're able to kick him inside, put his hand in the dirt on third down, that creates so many more problems for a defense. Because you can even move Devin Lloyd to the edge if you wanted to in obvious passing situations. And now you don't know who's rushing, who's dropping, who's going to play man on this guy. You think about the Chargers game, the first Chargers game in L.A. That's what the defense is optimistically supposed to look like yeah and you had tight ends trying to block Trayvon Walker yeah down the line no chance that's that's what you want it to look like so I would say like yeah I do want to see him with his hand in dirt more in obvious passing situations but the way the defense is structurally built he's got to be like that so unless you plan on switching this entire defense to a hand in the dirt four three good luck with that which, you know, I have heard some rumblings from different fans and people talking about that. I don't see that happening. Do you? I don't either. I think they're going to – they might play, like, structurally. It might look a little bit like a 4-3, but I don't think it's going to be, like, their base, you know? Right. I think their base is the old 5-2, the old that, de- that style of defense. You saw it a lot against teams like Tennessee – they want to play base a lot. That's what got them in trouble against Kansas City. They played base to everything. And Devin Lloyd just couldn't cover people, which is why Devin Lloyd might be the most important piece of making sure that defense gets a lot better. Because if they want to play base as much as they want to, your linebackers have to be able to cover as well as blitz and as well as play the run. Yeah, and I think that's why they placed so much emphasis on the position last year. Last offseason, I know a lot of folks are like, why the hell are you investing 
so much into these off-ball linebackers. And even I might have said that, even though I I liked all three uh, additions, you know, with Boye, with Devin, with Chad, and a vacuum individually, it seemed like it was a little bit of overkill. Uh, and <laughs> I think it was looking back. But uh, hopefully you feel really good about Boye. Hopefully, even if it's not Devin, one of those two linebackers can can get in there and really make some noise and just play with a little bit more consistency. And I completely agree regarding Trevon Walker with his usage. I think hand in the dirt on third down, clear pass rushing situation, let him pin his ears back against a guard or inside of a tackle all day. I'm with you. And, and I do think he plays the edge really well as a 3-4 outside linebacker in base. I'm totally with you there. I think him and Josh Allen, they present such a strong edge uh, against the run and, and those three, four looks on base. So I'm with you there. Now we've talked about a little bit about what the Jaguars have on their roster right now. Um, free agency is obviously coming up. We'll see how that, that plays out. Will they get Jawan Taylor back? Will they go after a pass rusher, a nickel, anything? We'll see how it plays out, but you just dropped a mock draft. Is this your first mock draft of the season? This is the fourth. I believe. The fourth goodness gracious. I'm behind the times. Okay. <laughs> First post-combine mock draft, though. How yes. about that? Yes. All right. So, Dewan Jones, Ohio State tackle at 24 overall. What are we thinking there? You know Doug Peterson just loves Dewan Jones. Doug Peterson will draft an offensive lineman or a tight end immediately, without hesitation. When you think oh, yeah. about the teams that Doug Peterson built in Philadelphia, you think about the team that just went to the Super Bowl. A lot of those guys were Doug Peterson guys. They were drafted during his regime. You think about a guy like Jordan Malata. You think about guys like Brandon Brooks, who retired after the 2017 season. Those were big, physical dudes who wanted to get after you in the run game. That is what Doug Peterson wants to build. That's what his vision for a team is like. So you think about a guy like DeWan Jones, who is a mountain of a man, but has quicker feet than you realize He's going to mow people down in the run game, and he's incredibly patient as a pass blocker. I think he still struggles with speed, but that's natural because you don't find a lot of guys who are 6'8 that have quick feet out unless they're playing in the NBA. Right. So it's just thinking about what kind of guys this Jaguar scene, this Jaguar's front office is going to look for. We know about Trent Baalke's like obsession with arm length. I think the same thing happens on the other side of the ball. They want big physical dudes. So you think about guys like Dewan Jones. You think about a guy like Darnell Wright from Tennessee, just in case, you know, if Jawan leaves, you think about a guy who played phenomenally against Will Anderson. Like that's if you want it, if you want to watch any Darnell Wright game, you watch the Alabama game, be like, hey, mm-hmm. that's the calling card right there. He's got quick feet. He's a bully in the run game, loves to love to run behind him. You get an offensive line of Brandon Scherf and DeWan or Darnell Wright. That's a great offensive line that's set up for the future that then you can potentially maybe move Walker to guard, depending on how they feel. If they think Walker can be a good right tackle, you go and think about a guy like Osiris Torrance. He played primarily right guard at Florida, but Dude's a bully. You put him in, a, in an elevator, in a phone booth, he's going to bully people in the run game. Physical, smart guy. And then if you're thinking about just guys outside the offensive line, Darnell Washington is probably, like, number one on Trent yeah. Balkan's list. Just oh, yeah. a physical freak at 6'6", 265. 
long arms, can go up and catch the ball, but he is a bully in the run game as a blocker. When you think about Doug Peterson's offenses in Philadelphia, they love to crush teams in 12 personnel. When you think about where the NFL is going now, you think about the Chiefs, what they were able to do in light of losing Tyree Kill was they just put teams in the 12 and 13 personnel, and they had all these tight ends on the field, and you know what to do. They could run the ball at you or they could throw it. Think about with the Jaguars, you add Darnell Washington to this offense with Evan Ingram, with Calvin Ridley, with Christian Kirk, that presents a problem for defenses. Do you want to try and play them like they're a pass, like they're going to pass the ball? They're just going to blow you up in the run game. You try and put a nickel DB out there with Darnell Washington. You're going to get sacrificed. But if you want to play base, he's a matchup problem. I ultimately think they do go offense with that first-round pick. I think just the offensive line talent and – a tight end talent there is going to be too tantalizing to kind of to pass up on. And I think the top DBs that will fit this defense will probably be gone. So no doubt. I agree there. Day two with the DBs. Yeah. And there's a lot of depth in the defensive back. Well, specifically at corner. I don't know about the, I don't think the safety depth's as great, but when you talk about some hybrid guys that can play, Maybe some safety, some nickel. I do think there's some depth there. There's definitely depth at the cornerback position. It was funny you brought up Osiris Torrance and Darnell Wright. Those were my two guys in my notes about your mock draft. They went off the board just after the Jaguars. Of those three offensive line prospects, for me, my favorite one is Osiris Torrance. But he also plays the least valuable position, you know, at least according to the general the general belief, you know, that tackle is more valuable than guard. I do think when you have Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback, I think guard is right there with tackle because Trevor Lawrence is so good at avoiding edge pressure. He's so good at stepping up in the pocket. What do you need to have to to, to be able to step up in the pocket? You need protection right in front of you. And that's what Osiris Torrance is going to do. I'm not saying they should take him over a tackle. I do think he's the best player of the three. But again, he's not going to be kicking out and playing tackle, which is super high value, super high leverage. Would you have them taking tackle even if Jawan comes back, or is that only if Jawan's gone? That's only if Jawan's gone. If Jawan's yeah. if Jawan comes back, then you're thinking Walker slides in at, at left guard, or he he still remains the swing tackle. Jawan plays right tackle, Cam plays left, and you think about tight end or corner moves up where you're thinking like, hey, maybe if a guy like Deontay Banks slides and falls to 24, maybe a guy like Brian Branch, who didn't really test that well. I didn't think he was going to like blow up the combine with his speed. But if teams value that athleticism and Brian Branch falls to 24, that's absolutely a guy that will get drafted by the Jaguars. And it fits the need like a glove. You want a nickel guy? That is the nickel guy. Um, I think... If Jawan stays, then they're absolutely going corner or defense or corner or tight end if Jawan stays. But with all directions leaning, Jawan leaving, they want to build the offensive line. They want to build that up. They want it to look like what Philly looked like with Doug Peterson. They're going to go offensive line. Yeah, I like that call. And I do think there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I, I I will always say, you know, building the trenches, can't go wrong there if you're getting a good player in the trenches. 
And when you have the franchise quarterback, when you have Travis Etienne, when you have all this receiving talent, make sure that these guys are protected. Make sure that they can operate the way they need to operate. And I think any of those those offensive linemen we mentioned or you mentioned um, would make a lot of sense. I, I was surprised, though, I got to tell you, that Tommy Atabare was not the pick at 24 overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a, it, it hurts so much to leave him <laughs> out of this version of the mock. So I was just like, man, he blew up the combine. He's a, he's a great player. I just – it's difficult finding a spot for him at the end of the first round. I was going in between a few guys near the end and Tommy was one of them, but man, that's a, that's a really, really good player. Yeah, he is. He's going to be a lot of fun at the next level and such a meteoric rise. Uh, I thought his tape was really good, but you probably look at him kicking inside more than he did at Northwestern. And so that's going to be a lot of fun to see how, how he plays at the next level and where he ends up. And another player I know you're fired up about, I've been fired up about him too, another Northwestern Wildcat, um, Evan Hull. Like, to me, this is a three-down back, right? So, for me, I think he lacks the long speed, like the pure home run speed, but his burst and acceleration is second to none. He He's had another great offseason of just – getting in front of people at the senior bowl. He was arguably the best back there. And that's even with Ty J Spears being there. He had a, he had a good combine where he showed off the pass catching ability. That's going to be the biggest thing. He is, he is going to be in a lock plug and play third down back. That is what you want in a third down back. He can pass protect he can go up, catch passes. And he's also pretty good at special teams. So I think that's a, that's the perfect kind of day three, where you don't, you're not really talking about him like after the draft, but he's going to make so many plays just either as a special teamer or he comes in on pass downs and makes great plays. That's just who he is. Yeah, you know, you say day three, and he probably will end up being a day three pick just because running back, the value of running back, and the fact that this class is absolutely loaded with fun running backs. Um, and Evan Hull might not have like the dazzling speed of, of any of these guys, but I think he is one of the most balanced backs in the class. Uh, you talk about, I think he has enough size to, to take a, a big workload. I think he has, like you said, enough speed. I was actually a little surprised to see the 4-4-7 40-yard dash and one five three ten split. That was pretty good. And you saw the explosiveness, saw quickness. I'm a big fan. And so for me, if the Jaguars were going to bring him in on day three, to be that third down back to spell Travis Etienne, I think it'd be great. Yep. I'm thinking like late on day three, if a Jag- if Jaguars want to address the running back position, you think of a guy like Evan Holt, Tank Bigsby might end up falling. You think of a guy mm-hmm. like Tank Bigsby, you want someone who is a different style of runner than Etienne. Etienne is a, he's more of a one cut and go speed. You get him to the outside and you go 100%. You're, he's scoring a touchdown. But you want to get a guy on third down who's a little bit better pass protector and go out catch passes. You think of <laughs> you think of what we what the Jaguars did last year with spelling Travis Etienne, and that's what Evan Hole can do. Evan Hole can do that. You think of a guy like Demeric, Demeric Price from mm-hmm. Fresno State. Those are the type of guys that you're looking at who's, who can be receivers, pass protect, someone who can spell Travis Etienne a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, th- I think they think they have their power back in Snoop Connor. They didn't use him much last year. 
I would like to see them get that going a little bit more because I think one of the reasons the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is because they could close out games late late in the year. And that was Isaiah Pacheco. That was that offensive line. So I would like to see somebody, you know, you want to get Travis the ball as much as you can because he's an absolute home run waiting to happen. But you also want someone who can just be a battering ram. And you don't want ETN to be your battering ram because you want to take care of him. Yep, yep. And like I said, when you think about the guys that got carries, Jermichael Hasty was more of a pass-catching guy. You think you want a guy that will do what Jermichael Hasty did. They went and traded for it. They went and got Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson did not play much, if at mm-hmm. all. You want a guy who can do what Daryl Henderson does. And obviously you think that'd be Snoop Connor, but he didn't get that many carries. So you're thinking they might be in on a, another running back late in the draft. I don't think they're going to spend a high pick on it just considering every the holes they want to fill depth-wise. Yeah, but for sure. Day three, they're, they might be looking at a running back. Yeah, I think every team should draft a running back or get some running backs in undrafted free agency this year. It's just a loaded class. You can definitely upgrade your depth at the very least. All right, JP, really appreciate you having me or having you on here. Appreciate you joining me here. Um, everybody, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. That's a little bit of a tricky one there, buddy. Yeah, it was. I've made this Twitter account for my for my high school like highlight page. That was just uh-huh. 32 is a high school number. I just use it to post like huddle clips. I'm pretty Love sure it. people can go find the huddle clips. Please don't because I was not that great. But you know, oh, that needs cool. to be the new mission of all the listeners here. Oh no, all the viewers. I, I go find JP Acosta highlight tapes from high school. <laughs> Love it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Look forward to your free agency coverage. Do you have anything coming down the pike here that's coming up at SB Nation? Um, nothing upcoming, really. I'm helping out with a lot of the March Madness coverage. Going to be covering some games. That'll be fun. Um, Going to be doing some more mock drafts, doing some more scouting. And when the draft comes in, we'll, be, we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I'll I'll try to have you on here. You know, maybe sometime this summer we can talk about. You know, we've been previewing what the Jaguars might do over the next couple of months. Here, we can talk about what they actually did do and have Absolutely. some fun. So, really appreciate you having me on. Have a great rest of your week and uh, go Jags, man. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.